0: welcome my name is hannah and today i have a special treat for all of you my husband andrew is joining us you want to say hi babe hello
1: all. I,
0: yes he's my husband god bless him <laughs> I call him andy his co-workers call him andrew you can call him andy or andrew in your head whatever sees seems the best to you um i'm so excited to have you on today babe
1: i am too this is uh you know a long time coming my podcast debut
0: so your podcast debut yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: Yeah. andy's a really good sport you guys i asked him like a week ago hey what would you think about joining me on the podcast sometime he's like oh i think i'd actually like that so you're welcome in advance because andy's a great guy and i just know that myself and you all of us we're gonna glean a lot today from having you on here so thanks for joining us babe absolutely my pleasure All right, well, I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit into this conversation, and we'll go ahead and get started after that. All right, Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for the power of your word, and we thank you for the blessing of relationship in you. And we just thank you, Holy Spirit, um, for laying a path on our hearts, for guiding us, for navigating us, and for showing us the way forward in hard seasons, in good seasons, in clear seasons, in murky seasons. And we just pray today, Lord, that you would bring further clarity upon our lives through this conversation, that you would move Andy and I out of the way so that you can come and fully have your way, and that we would only be vessels for what it is that you want to impart in this conversation. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, babe, as you know, since you kind of helped me curate the theme for this season of the podcast, Mm -hmm. we are talking all about choosing your hard. And so last week, if you joined us, we just kind of uncovered what that concept even really means. So it's like in every situation, in every conversation, interaction season, we get to choose how hard our situation actually is by choosing our perspective, our mindset, what it is that we're um, reaping into a situation really does hold a lot of merit to how hard the situation actually is.
1: Yeah, and I think, too, some hard is just unavoidable. Yeah. And are we willing to do the upfront work so that the hard is productive? Or are we trying to avoid the hard and then inevitably it comes in maybe a different manner? But it catches up with us, and in, in maybe even in the harder.
0: Yeah, in the yeah. I think it's a really good segue into the theme verse for this season of the podcast, which is Galatians six seven through nine, which says, "Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever person sows, he will also reap. Because the one who sows to his flesh will reap destruction from the flesh, but the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up." What I really like about what you said is that, you know, we, how we pour into a season and and what we bring to the table really does actually impact how hard and the kind of hard mm-hmm. our seasons carry. And I think one of the most dangerous things we can do is blame shifting when something is hard. Like right here, we're told right away, don't be deceived. God is not mocked.
1: Absolutely. And
0: I think a lot of times we can blame people around us, we can blame our circumstances, and we can even go as far as to blame God mm-hmm. for when things are difficult or when we get caught red handed that the kind of hard we chose was the wrong kind of hard. Absolutely. And it makes me think of Aaron. You know, my husband and I right now are working our way through the Bible, and we just finished reading some pretty fascinating things about Aaron, who's Moses' brother. And what I find the most fascinating about Aaron's story is the kind of hard he chose at the very beginning of his relationship in doing ministry with Moses. And then the different kind of hard he chose later on after he got some clarity from the Lord as far as what his calling and his identity and his purpose and how to walk all of that out is. So I think it's really going to be helpful for all of us to kind of house choosing our hard. Um, through biblical perspective, by taking a look at the example of Aaron of what it looks like to choose the wrong kind of hard and what it looks like to choose the right kind of hard. And so if we look at Aaron's story, I'm going to be picking up in Exodus 32, which do you want to give our readers, uh, readers, sorry guys, (laughs) I'm reading, we're you're listening. Do you want to give our listeners a recap of what happened in Exodus 32 with Aaron and the people? Yeah, and I think I'm going to start just
1: a little bit further back than that, That's too. fine, yeah. Because one of the things that I think is really fascinating about the human condition is that sometimes the heart we choose makes absolutely zero sense. Yeah. Like, it defies reason, logic, and experience, and here you have the Israelite people who not that long prior had just come out of Egypt in captivity, in bondage saw all of the miracles that the Lord had done, the plagues, so that the Pharaoh would finally relent and let them leave. Then they get pursued. They're at the Red Sea, <laughs> and they cross the Red Sea on dry land with water stacked on either side of them. They, they overcome tremendous odds. Mm-hmm. They get food from heaven. They get water. I mean, the hand of God And the evidence of him being the one leading them, guiding them, being with them is absolutely obvious and apparent to everyone. Everyone knows. And we enter in this time where the Lord is wanting to provide enhanced instruction to the people of how to live according to his standards. And so Moses gets called up onto a mountain with Joshua to to hear from the Lord. And so they're up there. And while they're up there it's taking longer than everyone expected. And so in 32 is where the people, they're at this point of getting restless and they're not sure what's happened with Moses. And so they approached Aaron and they're pretty much in a point of wanting to revolt. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're questioning whether Moses is even still alive, they're questioning the role and the place of God. And so Aaron takes things into his own hands. Figuratively and very literally, I'll let you take it from
0: here. Yeah, so what Aaron does is the people are basically like, Well, who's going to be our God now? and Aaron does not hesitate, and sadly, he does not hesitate in a very detrimental way. And I think so many times when we're like, Lord, what are you doing? we take matters into our own hands, and the way we proceed can be very detrimental, and we choose a very difficult, hard. Like it's unimaginable, the consequences of the hard that we're choosing in that moment. And that is exactly what happens to Aaron here. So the people are like, we want a God, like clearly God has left us. Moses is never returning. You're just complaining. And Aaron, without hesitation, says, give me all your gold. I'll melt it down and I'll make a God for you. And so here we see for the first time, an Israelite introducing to Israelites that pagan gods are okay and acceptable and can replace the one and only holy and sovereign God. And Aaron makes a huge mistake. And so he fashions all the gold into a calf the shape of a bull. And the people literally start worshiping and they're excited. They're like, we have a God again. And they're literally calling this, you are our Lord. And what's interesting to me, what's actually really sad about this to me and fascinating all at once, is the gold they are melting down is what they plundered from the Egyptians when they were fleeing Egypt. And so really this gold had the opportunity to serve a purpose of like, this is from the Lord, don't you remember how he provided for you? And instead they took that and they squandered it and fashioned it into one of the most offensive things you could do against God, which is forming an idol. And so Moses comes down from the mountain, the Lord's like, you got to get back down there and do a business. Actually, the Lord threatens to wipe them all. out, And Moses is like, no, Lord, like, just wait, I'll I'll handle the situation. And Moses immediately gets on the scene and he's like, Aaron, what did you do? And what does Aaron do? He blame shifts. He doesn't take responsibility for his actions. He's like, we didn't know these people, they're evil. They wanted this, so I said we should. And, you know, very rapid fire here. What happens is a bunch of people die. 3,000 Israelites are put to death by the sword. Because of their willingness to deny the Lord and their unwillingness to walk in repentance after being called out. And the Lord is still so upset with them that he sends a play. And even more people die. All because one person did not serve the people well. Yeah. And we live in this culture where we want everybody to be you do you, boo. Like, how many times do we hear you do you? YOLO, you only live once. Like, live it up. Have the best life ever. And here we see, even in Old Testament times, that this concept is, is very live and vibrant, that if we can just make everyone else around us happy, we're doing the right thing. But here we see very clearly that that's not the kind of hard God's asking us to pursue. Like, Aaron... He chose the hard path of people-pleasing, which led to people dying. And and it's just such a detrimental and a very extreme example of what happens when we take the concept that we're called to to lay our lives down, right? We are called to live a life laid down Mm -hmm. as believers in the Lord, as followers of the Lord. We're called to serve, called to think of others better than ourselves. We're called to walk in humility, but we're not called to walk in people-pleasing. And we're definitely not called to blame other people when the ramifications of people pleasing come to the forefront and it's like undeniable oh wow we really made a big mistake here and so what i find really fascinating is this horrible thing happens because aaron is living his life laid down in a very wrong way in a very hard way and we go through 16 chapters after this incident of the lord laying out i want you to live this way. This is what holiness looks like to me. God takes his time to lay out what holiness looks like, what laying your life down really looks like. For Especially for Aaron, what walking in your calling as Moses' sidekick actually looks like. And I really think that that might have been what caused Aaron to go so wrong, is that he didn't really understand his calling. He viewed it as, well, I'm just Moses' sidekick. It doesn't really matter. What I do, like maybe he thought, you know, I'm just inferring the text doesn't actually tell us. These are just Hannah Baldwin's (laughs) thoughts, to make that clear. I can just hear in my own mind, like, it doesn't really matter. I'm not in charge here. Like, I'm just appeasing the people. Like, we are no longer in captivity, so we should be happy. I can just hear all of these, like, justifications for choosing the wrong choice going on in Aaron's mind. But then also part of the reason I think that is because the Lord so intentionally spent 16 chapters after that clarifying to Aaron and Moses what, what actually is required for the Israelites to walk in holiness. And what's so beautiful about it to me is that God is really calling Aaron into the depth of his identity. And as a result, Aaron is actually able to still choose something that's incredibly hard. It's just different kind of hard you know what i mean yeah
1: can i press into that a little bit yeah sure so like we were talking about where hard can be something that we intentionally choose and we might realize that the difficulty of it in the short term but the long term we reap the benefits of Mm -hmm. it and I think it's so much you can you can draw the parallel with investing. Mm-hmm. So with investing you're you're making a short term sacrifice and you're choosing the hard of living without some now for the gain later. Yeah. Or if you don't, in the short term you're really choosing the hard of maybe having to work for longer yeah. and having less. Yeah. And so you're you're deferring the hard and compounding it. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I think is so fascinating with Aaron, and, and I, I think there's probably a number of things that could have been going through his mind. Yeah. And some of it, you know, you have this large group of people who are growing uneasy, and fear, I'm certain, was part of it as well. Absolutely. But rather than stepping into that challenge of speaking directly to the people and reassuring them and facing that backlash then, he deferred the heart to what Hannah, Hannah outlined with the result of that decision of, of creating that calf and seeing thousands of his people need to be killed. Mm-hmm. And and that, that kind of that cancer, so, so to speak, of that that mindset of discontent, metastasizing and growing. And so the impact being so much greater than if he were to have addressed it had left yes.
0: the beginning. Yes. Well, how many times do we do that in the right here, right now? We just defer doing the hard because we either don't feel up to it, we don't feel capable of it, or we truly don't realize how important it is to be intentional in our decisions. Like, I just think of, you know, we're going to go back to Aaron's time and the 16 chapters the Lord spent. He spent a good amount of time saying, if this scab exists, if this infection exists, if this this is present, if this is lacking, this person needs to remove themselves. From the community and go be in isolation for a minimum of seven days, and then go see the priests to see if they can be back in community again. And it's that short-term um, delay of gratification for the overall well-being of the community. But like you have to take responsibility and you have to follow through so that infection and disease doesn't spread through thousands, a whole nation. You know, and if we are not intentional in choosing the right kind of heart. It can be detrimental, not just to us, but to our community and beyond. So, you know, it's like if we, um, if we choose to not address the sin issue inside of us, it doesn't ever just affect us. It affects our spouse. It affects our children. It affects all the people we come into contact with, because if we're operating in sin, we're not operating in who God called us to be. And as a result, there are always ramifications, whether we realize it or not. And so, which is why I think it's so fascinating and how redemptive God actually is because of what he called Aaron into after he chose the wrong kind of hard with serving people. God's intent for Aaron all along was to serve people. Aaron just went about it the wrong way in the beginning because he was relying on his own knowledge. He was relying on seeking affirmation and gratification and value from people around him instead of walking confidently in the calling he had received. We actually see if we jump ahead to Leviticus 9 that, well, I mean, God tells Aaron this before Leviticus 9, but we see it come to full fruition in Leviticus 9, that Aaron's actually called to be the first recorded priest for the Israelite nation. So here we have somebody who stewarded his... Position as Moses' sidekick very poorly and led the nation astray in a very devastating way. But God, in his graciousness and his mercy and his sovereignty, said, Well, this isn't it for you. I'm going to teach you and I'm going to show you very pointedly and very like minute detail what it looks like for you to walk in your calling. And on the day that Aaron fully stepped into his calling as a priest, he was called to sacrifice a bull, and what's so fascinating to me is sixteen chapters ago, a bull was like what could have ended him. Yeah. You know, it's what it's what led to the death of thousands of people, and here God is full circle redeeming that moment for Aaron, and was saying, actually, the first sacrifice you're going to make to me on behalf of your sins and the sins of this nation is a bull, and in that moment. Aaron is fully redeemed and the sins of the nation have been atoned for. Mm -hmm. And what's so amazing to me about that is that God's bigger than our sin, right? Like we're talking about choosing our heart and and having the right perspective and mindset and heart before the Lord, but I think we can't undervalue or underestimate the importance of grace and mercy and sovereignty and how God truly is the God of second chances for us when we come to Him in humility and with a
1: teachable spirit. So yes. <laughs> That that dovetails directly into place in my mind as well because sometimes we have we have examples of things that we okay, maybe that's not the way we ought to do things, and we also have examples that are aspirational that this is the way that we ought to and I find it fascinating that simultaneously while Aaron was choosing the wrong heart, he was really that immediate gratification pleasing others, the Lord speaks to Moses. And you, you mentioned this, you kind of flew by it earlier, mm-hmm. but Moses himself is presented with an opportunity and a choice. And not even really a choice, he steps into it. The Lord says, I'm, I'm so fed up with these people, I'm, I'm just going to get rid of them all. Mm-hmm. And, and Moses speaks to the Lord and says, whoa, can you like, please don't do that. Yeah. On behalf of the people, be, behalf of your name, Let's not, please don't wipe out. And, and the Lord changes his mind, it says, and, and, and goes along with what Moses is saying. But here we have Moses who, the easy decision then, I mean, Moses already had experiences with these people. Yeah. He knows how stiff-necked they are, how Stiff. quick they are to grumble and complain. I mean, the easy thing would have been, the, like, oh, awesome Lord, yep, wipe them out. Because the Lord says, Moses, I'm going to make you into a, a great nation. I'm going to wipe these out and make you into a great nation. Yeah. The easy thing to do would have been to accept that. Yeah. And instead he chose the heart of going down, confronting the people, dealing with the issue head on. And I just think, you know, like we don't, we don't really have this ability into it, but I think about how hard it would have been for him starting from scratch again.
0: Yeah. And
1: all of that would have entailed at his age, everything like what that would have looked like for him had he mm-hmm. not stepped into that heart then yeah. and fought for those around him.
0: Yeah. Well, and as you're talking about that, I think, you know, a very present day implication of Moses and Aaron's decisions are when we take a look at our own relationships. What kind of hearts are we choosing? Are we, you know, I can relate to Aaron so much because so much of my life up until the last year or two was spent people pleasing. It's like, I would try to not people please, but I would always go back to people pleasing. And until I realized it was completely rooted in insecurity and pride and fear. And that as a result, I was idolizing the opinions of people far more than I was worshiping who God is and, what God, and, and walking obediently in the calling he had for me. I couldn't break free from that. And so I was not willing to have hard conversations with people because I was deathly afraid they wouldn't go well. I would be perceived as selfish and self-centered or just this little immature baby who couldn't handle having her feelings hurt. So I very much can identify with Aaron, but I would say you have a tendency to be more like Moses in the sense of like, you're willing to have hard conversations for the sake of the health of the overall relationship. But the reason I think you're willing to enter into that more freely than a lot of other people I know. And I think the reason that those conversations go a lot better for you (laughs) than they do for some other people that I know is because you're not going into it with this personal agenda to be vindicated through the conversation. I, I really think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong or provide um, some clarification here. I really think as your wife of almost 15 years, what I've seen on repeat (laughs) is your heart and your heart to fight the fight that actually matters. Like Moses, he pleaded with God, like, Lord, let me talk to the people, like, don't wipe them out. And he went to Aaron and he didn't rip him a new one of all the ways he failed. And he didn't name call, he didn't do any name calling or blaming. He didn't, he didn't, um, hyper focus on anything really emotional that he felt from the disappointment of their choices. It's like, this was wrong.
1: And he was clearly mad. (laughs) He He broke
0: the tablets coming down. He he broke the tablets coming down. I don't know if you guys know this, but. Um, the the tablets, they were a a two session encounter with the Lord because Moses was so angry. He broke these sacred tablets that were a fruition of his time with the Lord on the mountain. And he actually had to go back to the mountain a second round, um, for the tablets to be re-inscribed. But, um, as far as relationships, wow. As far as relationships go, babe, if you could give some, just some practical how to, like, how do you go about having a difficult conversation when you still have emotion about the conversation, but you're going into the conversation with the Lord in mind and his purposes in mind and the person's heart in mind. Like what are some practical ways that you do that to keep a level head and to not make it all about you?
1: Yeah, I think that's that's one of the biggest pieces is I think there's a component of, of pausing un- mm. until some of that initial emotion can melt away. Yeah. And so whether it's a perceived offense or something that's that's hurtful or or wrong, I think a lot of times we, we internalize and make it personal, and we can just, like, this isn't right. It, it offends our sense of justice. Mm-hmm. And... When we, when we react out of that, it's, it's really all about us yeah. and, and you did this and you need to make it right for me. And I, I think when that can shift to be, this is something that, that maybe needs to be addressed because it, it really highlights something that might be a bigger, and deeper issue. It's, it's taking again, that, that longer term view mm-hmm. as opposed to the shorter term yeah. view. Mm-hmm. And entering into those conversations with humility and knowing that sometimes our perspective might be askew and that can really help us to enter the conversations coming alongside someone as opposed to coming against them yeah. is like I'm, I'm wanting to enter into this and I feel like we need to have this discussion mm-hmm. for the overall betterment of maybe where you're at and maybe where we're at. Mm-hmm. and. This is an opportunity of growth, and and there's been so many times in in our lives where we've had people speak into our lives, and they were courageous enough to do that, and we've been able to grow and experience the benefit of that. And Sometimes I think there can be a sense of self-preservation where we're we're, we're scared of what the reaction might be. We don't know if it's going to be received well or not. I think it's it's good to be sensitive to those components, but... When we're willing to enter those conversations truly for the benefit of the other person as opposed to our own, I think it's what it can allow how we how we talk, how we approach it, how easily we're offended by other things that might come up in those conversations and a willingness to kind of release the outcome. Yeah. That, that it doesn't have to be something to satisfy a personal need, but a hope. That it generates long-lasting change in the life of the other.
0: Yeah, I think so. that's so good, all of it, like if I'm just gonna pause here, if that spoke to you, I encourage you to pause this right now and go back like a minute and jot down what really spoke to you and ask ask the Lord what specifically about what my husband just said is for you. Because that's there's a lot of wisdom and maturity. In that, um, and I think something you said that really stuck out to me, and is something we've really tried to do in having challenging conversations for the betterment of relationship, and to honor the Lord, and for thinking kingdom minded. Like mm-hmm. five years from now, how am I going to think about the way I handle this conversation? How am I going to think about or wh- what might I feel? What might the ramifications be of having this conversation and of not having this conversation? And I think something that's really helped me grow in that area is exactly what you said, where if you can frame it in a, I'm not coming at you, I'm coming alongside of you. And I really feel like that gives a lot of room for humility to be a driving factor instead of vindication and needing to the other person to see how off they are or how hurtful that was or how completely wrong or whatever the offense was, because it's really not our job to vindicate ourselves. And if we are going to other people to feel inner peace, we will never feel inner peace, you know? And it's just like, I really think that's where Aaron went wrong is he didn't know how to steward his calling well. And he didn't know that he could have inner peace and strength, even if an entire nation was upset with him. But then somehow along the way over these 16 chapters, it's very clear Aaron had an incredible change of heart and perspective and his calling to serve the people. Because I think a lot of times we think serving people equates people-pleasing, but serving people often actually means laying a life, living a life laid down. And sometimes that means doing the exact opposite of what people want from you or expect from you or hope from you. And how I know that I know Aaron had a heart change is because in Leviticus 9, they do the sacrifice, they follow all of the instructions, except for two of Aaron's sons. Mm-hmm. And as a result of their disobedience and their disregard and their disrespect to the Lord's sovereignty, they die. And when Moses said, This is why this happened, Aaron didn't blame anybody. Yeah. He was just, it says, Aaron remained silent. And to me, in the context of everything that, You read between Exodus 32 and Leviticus 10, what actually happens in Leviticus 10, it's like he clearly had a heart change because he's not blaming, he's not making excuses, he's not even wondering why this happened and why Moses is speaking to him. I I really believe his silence is um, submission and surrender and uh, an actual awareness of, yeah, that, that was wrong. And I, I, I do understand, you know, and, and how clearly it, and even for even further, um, even further evidence that he's had a change of heart is Aaron continues on in his calling. And does he execute it perfectly the rest of his life? No, he gets called out later on for disrespecting Moses along with their sister. Um, so it's, it's clear he's not perfect. So like, don't hear us saying that like, when you choose the right heart, you're signing up for a life of having to be perfect always. It's just—it's really more of like a motivation and a heart text. Like, what is my motive here? Is it honoring to the Lord? Am I choosing a heart that is going to enable me to sow from good things later on, or am I choosing the kind of heart where I'm not going to be able to reap? I'm not—I'm not going to be able to reap from good things later on. I'm only going to be able to continue to reap from four poor ha- habits, poor patterns, simple behavior, instead of sowing into the kind of heart that will generate. A harvest that enables us to reap very good things later
1: on. Yeah, I think that the perspective differences is: are, are we making it just about us, mm-hmm. or are we making it about what's on to the Lord?
0: Yeah. And, yeah,
1: and when we can, when we can think in those terms, I think those hard decisions still remain hard, mm-hmm. but we we cut out the complexity. 'Cause so often we can overanalyze, overthink, talk ourselves out of why, but when we really just get down to the foundation level mm-hmm. and and am I am I going this path because it's easiest for me right now or because I think this is going to, to be most honoring to the Lord long term? Yeah,
0: that's so- it,
1: it just it cuts away the clutter.
0: It really does. It cuts away a lot of the clutter and just even a lot of the mental taxation. That could come with making a hard decision.
1: Yeah, because then it it allows questions in our mind to shift from being, do I, don't I, should I, shouldn't I, to how do I? Yes. Okay. Now that I know what I need to do, mm-hmm. how do I go about doing it? Yeah. And that might be in an action or a conversation or a lack of a conversation, a mm-hmm. lack of an action. But rather than just being so quick to rely on herself and her own perspective bringing us to the Lord for him to guide us because yeah. so often so often it looks different than what just that initial view would be mm-hmm. and our willingness to step into that and do something that's uncomfortable uncomfortable cultural perhaps yeah really really does make a tremendous difference
0: yeah and I think like what you said that's the there was a secret to living a life laid down it would be asking the right question, which is not, what do I want? And it is not, what do I think the other person wants? It's, Lord, what do you want? Mm -hmm. And what step can I take to accomplish that or to work toward accomplishing that? uh, Because we're not called to fight our battle or other people's battles. We're called to fight the Lord's battles. And I think that that really clears up. A lot of the mud and the like, mental exhaustion and just tape and narrative, all of that, when we can really look to the Lord and say, what would be the most honoring to God in this situation? And I think that's what enables us to live a life laid down that generates um, joy and peace and just settledness and contentment in our hearts versus living, living a life laid down in a way that leads to martyristic bitterness and just this like I do everything for everyone and no one does anything for me and I think it really protects our hearts from that gross heart where we really can't reap anything beneficial to we're still serving people it's just the underlying motive is different and it's like if Aaron can be transformed by God from somebody who literally denied the Lord by creating an idol to being somebody who worships the Lord and served people by helping atone their sins, I think there's hope for us too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well babe, our time is up. Would you do the honor of praying us out today?
1: Yes, absolutely. Thanks. Lord, we are so thankful that you you love us and that you are so gracious to us. Lord, that you don't call us to a life of figuring it out ourselves. That, Lord, that we see throughout Scripture, you you call your people to make a lot of hard choices. And I pray that we would be people that would be willing to choose the right heart, to choose the heart that's honoring to you. Lord, the heart that will produce fruit and life Lord, that is a blessing to those around us. Lord, may may you take us from from focusing on ourselves and making it all about ourselves. We're so so quick to do that, so quick to justify, to blame shift, to place responsibility anywhere else other than than us. But Lord, you you call us to ownership. And Lord, I pray that we would. More fully step into that, that we would be able to choose the heart that breathes life to those around us. Lord, we thank you that you are a God of wisdom and a God of mercy. Lord, I uh, thank you so much for your great love for us. this in your name.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, Andy. Thank you for bringing your wisdom to the table today. Mm. We appreciate that. So I'm going to have this guy on again, because I just really enjoyed that. And we're actually, this year, going to be bringing on other people as well, just to share their life stories and the wisdom they've gleaned through the hard that they've walked through. So I'm really excited to be introducing to you guys some pretty phenomenal people in my own personal life, and I'm praying that the Lord will bring whoever He wants to this podcast, because it's not about, it's all about Him, it's all about equipping and inspiring and encouraging through the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Word. So really excited. Um, but yeah, with that, we just thank you for joining us for the conversation and we'll see you next time.